So I want you to start out by just thinking about a little baby. And I want you to think about if you're a parent especially and you had a little one at one point. Remember that time when they, they couldn't walk yet? They couldn't even crawl. They couldn't really even move. They just sort of sit there. You know, it was the kind of thing if you left them, you know, up on the couch, kind of propped up by some pillows. They could kind of lean to one side or the other and just kind of fall over. And then I want you to think about how they became mobile eventually. Remember that? Like suddenly they were able to move. I'll never forget the first time this happened for us. Um, Kelly and I were sitting on TV. We weren't sitting on the TV. That would be strange. We were sitting on the couch watching the TV and we were, Cade was kind of down by our feet and we just had kind of left him there and we knew he was okay to be able to play with little toys and stuff like that. But then all of a sudden, like a few seconds later, we, we heard this like strange sound, like someone was, was playing with the handle to a drawer. And I'm like, what's going on? I look over, and there is Kate, and he had gone mobile, and he had kind of just slid across the floor, and it was like, you move, like this monumental moment in our lives. And then he went from that to doing what we called the golem crawl. You guys are familiar with golem? He would sort of golem his way across the floor, kind of put one leg out, and just kind of slide. Now, I really can't make fun of Cade for... Uh, for the way he crawled, because when I was a baby, I was so fat, I never crawled. Like, literally, like, this is a picture of what it looked like when I was a baby trying to crawl, <laughs> except that ball was my stomach. And my mom and dad would tell me, you, you, your stomach was so big, it got in the way of you getting anywhere. And so I just went from sitting to standing and walking. And so I really can't make fun of Kate too much. But I don't know if any of you guys follow Jess Lucci or Joey Lucci, our youth pastor and his wife, on social media, but, man, it is the best. You have to, okay? I want... I want uh, then they have way more followers after the service today because you get to watch their little baby girls, these twins, Mila and Sienna, kind of grow up right before your eyes on social media. It's so cool. My wife last night said to me, Doug, Jess hasn't posted in a while. I'm going to kind of freak out. I know, we're a little addicted because these two little ones are so cute. And, before, you know, they can't walk yet, but what they first did was they kind of started to just move, but only backwards. They kind of like just push with their legs, and then eventually they get stuck by the wall, and they start crying because they're so frustrated they can't do anything. Um, but then they learn how to go forward, and they haven't walked yet, but the day will come they'll take their first step. And as we all know, after the first step... The kid just goes back to sitting again, right? No, of course not, right? What comes after the first step? A a next step. And then another next step until that child is continually walking more and more on their own, more and more stable, more and more to get where they want to go, you know? And you know what's interesting is I, I say all that because I think sometimes when we talk about God and we talk about a relationship with God, I think so often what happens, and maybe the misconception in our mind is we kind of get to a certain place and then we stop taking next steps toward Jesus. Now, some of you are brand new to all this. You accepted Jesus last Sunday at our Christmas service. Incredible. How exciting. I've been celebrating all week what God did last week. So, so much fun. But maybe you're sitting there going, okay, I took a first step toward God. Now what? Like, what do I do, you know? And maybe you're thinking to yourself, okay, so... I I took that step. Does God just sort of say, like, okay, cool, thanks for that, now have a nice life? Or is there more involvement that's going to happen? And we're going to talk about that here today. But the truth is, some of you guys are not new to this. You've been around for a while. In fact, at the very first service, Pastor Ravone was sitting right there in the front row, and he planted this church, started this church around 40 years ago. He, He knows so much about the Bible. He's so close to Jesus. He's in his 70s now. He's been following Jesus a long time. And here's what I want to tell you today. If you accepted Jesus, if you put your trust in Jesus for the first time last Sunday, then you need to take a next step toward Jesus. But so does Pastor Pavone and every one of us in between. We can't ever stop taking next steps toward Jesus. We have to continue on. And here's what happens for some of us in the room that maybe just kind of stop taking those next steps. Maybe we just got a little complacent. 
Or maybe we got a little bit distracted. A.W. Tozer said this. You can read this with me. Complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. Okay? And I think what happens is, sometimes as we think about our relationship with God, we think to ourselves, well, I'm not doing anything all that bad. I'm not doing anything terribly sinful, so I guess I'm on the right track. And, and what Tozer is helping us realize is, wait a minute, complacency is just as deadly as sin. You know, when we get distracted or we kind of get stuck where we are, it's just as deadly as some of the sin that we might say, well, I'm not giving into this or that. In fact, I want to say it this way. You can read this with me. If you're not taking next steps, then you're not actively following God. Now, that might kind of seem a little bit intense. What do I mean by that? Here's what I mean by that. God's always moving, isn't he? He's always up to something. He's always doing something new and exciting. And he's invited you and I to be a part of it, right? And sometimes what happens is we just kind of get stuck. Now, when I was a little kid, there were kind of two scenarios. I'd be walking through the store, Macy's or Sears with my mom, right? And she'd be like, Doug, stay very close to me. Stay near me. Follow me. Don't go out, out of my eyesight. You know, I want you right near me. Now, two things happen. First of all, I was an evil little child. I'll just throw that out there, okay? So the first thing that would happen is I would often have evil in my heart, and I would find a very, very distinct memory of finding an entire coat, or entire rack of fur coats and, and hiding from my mom in the fur coats in the middle of the store, and she's looking for me, and she's frantically running, and I'm like, you know, peeking through a couple of them, like laughing like an evil little child in there, okay? Now, that's one of the things, and I think sometimes we think, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm choosing things God doesn't want me to choose, I'm doing things he doesn't want me to do, and I'm on this wrong path, but I want you to see today just as dangerous as that, just as dangerous as evil little Doug in the middle of the coat rack, is also older Doug, when my mom would say, you know, not too old, like I was 20, and she was like, stay right here, but, but you know, like, I don't know, 10, 11, still, still stay close to me, and she'd say, stay right near me, and I wouldn't be looking for a coat rack, but here's what would happen often. I'd be walking through the store, and I'd see a picture of a skateboarder doing like a 360 flip on a, off a half pipe, and I would, I would stop, and I would look up at that thing, and I would just be so distracted that my mom's still walking, but, but what's happening now? I'm not following her anymore, am I? Right? So she's still taking steps forward, but I've stopped taking steps forward. I'm not doing anything terribly sinful. I just stopped taking next steps. Nick, any chance I can get you up here for a real quick second? I need help. Yeah, come on up. Come on up. You coming up? All right. Nick's going to come. Kind of illustrate what we're talking about here, okay? This is my man, Nick. Good friend, my neighbor. Love this guy. And if you need a mortgage, he's your man. All right, there you go. All right, but anyway, Nick, let's just say... I'm like, hey, bro, follow me. And then you just stay right there, right? Now, Nick's not doing anything terribly sinful. Nick has not lost, you know, his friendship with me. Nick has not turned his back and abandoned, you know, my friendship and our, our relationship and all that. But he's just not following me, right? Like, it's, it's just super clear. He's not following me anymore. Let's hear it for Nick. Thank you. I'm going to call you up again later, but thank you. All right. Appreciate Nick. And that, I think, guys, is sometimes what happens in our relationship with God. It's, yes, sometimes we find ourselves in really dark places and we need help getting pulled out of the coat rack, so to speak. But sometimes we're just looking at the skateboarder on the wall and we just stopped taking those next steps. And so I want to encourage you today, if that's you, and I want to challenge you, if that's you. Now, some of you are right where you need to be. Some of you are brand new to this and you're going to learn what it means to take a next step. Some of us are used to this. We've been around for a while. We're going to hopefully be re-inspired to take some next steps. But some of you are right where you need to be. And you're taking those next steps in God. And my plan and my heart today is to encourage you that every step counts. 
That every single one is important. And I want to encourage you in what you're already doing. And so no matter where you find yourself here today, I hope you'll find some encouragement and some challenge here today. Now the reason this is so important to talk about is because I don't want any one of us to miss out on what God wants to do. You see, that's what happens. That is the price we pay when we stop taking next steps toward Jesus. We begin to miss out on the amazing things that he wanted to do in that certain situation. It's like this. It's like telling a friend, hey, I'm so excited. I bought tickets for a football game. I'm so pumped. I can't wait. You know, and, and then the, the day comes and, and the event happened and you, you see your friend at school or at work the next day and they're like, how was the football game? I know you got those tickets. You're like, oh, no, 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 I, I didn't go. Well, what do you mean you didn't go? Well, I, I just bought the tickets, you know? Well, well, you missed out then on the incredible experience of sitting there with thousands of other people, you know, screaming the name of your team. You missed the comeback. That comeback at the end of the game was insane, and you missed that. You missed paying $68,000 for a can of soda, man. Like, you missed the experience, right? And here's the problem. I think some of us in life, especially we've been following Jesus for a while, it's kind of like, I got my ticket, you know? But man, if we don't go to the game, if we don't keep taking next steps, we're going to miss out on so much of what God wants to do in our lives and through our lives. If you're not a follower of Jesus, maybe you've never taken a next step toward God. And we are thrilled you're here in the room today, if that's where you are. If you're trying to figure out Jesus, if you're trying to figure out God, if you're trying to understand what it looks like to even take a first step, it is so exciting to us that you're here Maybe, though, you think to yourself, Doug, these must be a bunch of good people in the seats around me because obviously God wants them to take next steps toward him. I don't think he probably wants me to take a next step toward him because of the things I've done or the way I've lived my life. I'm not sure he would really want me anywhere near him at all. Now, we're going to work through that today, and my heart and my hope is that we will discover that God wants every single person in this room, streaming online, listening to the podcast, to take a next step toward him. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at a story today told by two different people, but they really fill in the gaps. You ever been talking with somebody and they're all excited about something and the one person, you know, says, oh, this detail and the other person fills in this detail and you kind of go back and forth and one of them kind of paints with broad strokes, so to speak. They kind of, you know, give you the zoomed out view and the other person is like a detail person. They kind of drive you crazy and they start to even argue with themselves. You ever had this experience? Like, oh, it was Tuesday we went to the store. No, 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 it was Wednesday. No, well, Monday I took my mother to the Chiropodist and so I think it was definitely too. You're just like, shut up, right? Just uh, And so what we get here, this is really cool. We're going to have Matthew and Luke telling us the same story, filling in the gaps, filling in the details here. And I pray that it will help you and inspire you to take a next step as I need to also hear this and take a next step myself. So look at what it says in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew starts this off. It says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother, Andrew. So throughout the message, you might hear me say Simon. You might hear me say Peter. Same person, okay? But then his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Now here's what I need you to do. I need you to picture it. I need you to see it. Are you, are you seeing Jesus approaching these men? Are you seeing these two men out there fishing, okay? Now Luke chimes in with some details for a while. Luke 5, verse 3, same story, just different perspective. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. He got into the one belonging to Simon, Simon Peter. Can I just start here today? Can I tell you that God wants to get in your boat? 
Some of you guys in the room are like, I don't know if God wants to get in my boat. No, God wants to get in your boat. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, God, Jesus here, God in the flesh, getting into Peter's boat was a huge deal. Do you know why? Because fishing, being in a boat, that was Peter's whole world. And so for Jesus to step into Peter's boat was literally him stepping into Peter's world. Now this past week, we celebrated Christmas, right? We celebrated this God stepping into our world. But do you know what? We often think about how amazing it is that Jesus stepped into the world. How often have you thought about the fact that Jesus doesn't just want to step into the world. He wants to step into your world and your world and your world, and your world. Every single one of us, that should blow our minds. And here's Jesus stepping into Peter's world. Peter lived fishing. Peter lived on a boat. He made his livelihood out there. So Peter was literally seeing God in the flesh say, here's how much I want a relationship with you. I'm going to step into your boat. Luke 5. And asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. So this is a sign of things to come with Peter. Peter was an arguer. Peter had an answer for everything. Peter was exactly the kind of guy who would argue with himself over what day he took his mother to the Shiropodist. There's no doubt in my mind. And so Peter comes back and says, well, Jesus, I got to tell you something. It's great and all. You want me to push off and throw the nets back in, but we've been doing this all night, and I'm a fisherman, and I'm good at it, and we caught nothing. You know what? I've been fishing three times in my life. And it was three times too many. I'll just throw that out there, right? My man Jay right here is like a professional fisherman. This guy could catch anything, right? And Peter here, Peter's not me. Peter's Jay. Peter goes out on the boat and things happen. But he is saying, Jesus, sorry, man. We, we tried. It didn't work. But he complies with Jesus' request. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. So Jesus does this unbelievable miracle as he steps into Peter's world. Can I encourage you today? Jesus wants to do unbelievable, unmistakable miracles in our world in our specific little boat of life. Jesus wants to show up and do the impossible and blow our minds. And I'm telling you, no matter what you're going through today, whether you're struggling in your marriage, whether you're a teenager working through some struggles of temptation, or you're somebody older who's wrestling with some alcohol addiction or some drugs or some depression, I'm telling you, Jesus stepping into your boat is the answer. And so, it says in the next part, And this is maybe some of our reactions here in the room. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. So Jesus steps into Peter's boat, does this miracle, and Peter's mind is blown and says, There's no way this kind of person, this God, could want anything to do with me. I'm a sinful man. And maybe that's your response. Maybe that's how you've um, encountered Jesus so far. Your experience with him has been. He's taken a step towards you. Not only have you not taken a next step toward him, you have taken steps backwards. Like, God, I'm not inviting you into my boat because you wouldn't want me. Well, let's see how this all plays out. Verse 9. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. 
And so Peter acted like this because he had experienced God and he knew he was this sinner encountering the one true God. Now, we could finish the story here in Luke, but Matthew fills in some more details. So check out Matthew 4.19. We see what Jesus says to them. Come, follow me, Jesus said. Isn't that beautiful? Come, follow me. Jesus didn't say, okay, pray this prayer and then go live your life, right? Jesus didn't say, okay, get your ticket, but don't worry about going to the game, right? Jesus says, no, 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 no. This is about a relationship. I want to do some things in your life. I want to do some things through your life. Come follow me. Come walk with me. Not like Nick stopping over there on that side of the carpet while I'm walking away. Not like me looking at the poster on the wall when my mom is walking away. No, come follow me. Remain in relationship with me. Let's keep the conversation going. I want to do some exciting things in your life. And if I, we could just remember for a second that these guys were fishermen. And in that day, not necessarily the most respected guys around. And in that day, pretty unclean. And here is Jesus looking them in the eye, just like he looks you in the eye. And says, are you worried that you're unclean right now? Are you worried that you're not thought much of right now? Jesus is saying, I love you. I love you right now, right here. I'm crazy about you. He wants to step into our world. It says this in verse 20. This is challenging. Ready for this? At once they left their nets and followed him. Can I ask you a question today? If, if you and I are going to take some next steps toward Jesus, do we maybe have some nets we have to drop? Do we maybe have some things that we're really comfortable? Think about it. Peter and Andrew, those nets were comfortable to those guys. They wouldn't be to me. But this is what they knew. This is who they were. This was their lives and, and here's Jesus saying, hey, come follow me. And they're looking back going, if I follow you, I have to drop all that I know. I have to drop what I'm comfortable with. I have to drop what I'm used to. This question, does anybody have any nets to drop today? To say, I will take that next step, Jesus. I will continue in this relationship with you. Here's what Jesus has shown these guys. He is better than our nets. That's why we should drop our nets. Some of us are hanging on to nets of pornography or we're hanging on to nets of anger or we're hanging on to nets of addiction or we're hanging on to nets of depression and we're, and we're just like, in a weird way, as much as we want to be free from the depression, we're still almost clinging to it as much as it clings to us. And Jesus says, drop it, drop it. I, I've got better for you. I am better than your nets. Does anybody need to drop a net today? Another question. Has anybody been following Jesus for a while and you dropped your nets a while ago and you've been walking toward him but you've for some reason recently gone back to your old nets and picked them back up, dug them out of the sand, shook them off a little bit and tried to use them again? See, if that's you, I want to encourage you because Peter, Simon Peter in our story did exactly that. Some of you guys know the story. He was following Jesus and all was well, but then Jesus is arrested. And what does Peter do? He denies he ever even knew Jesus. He went running back literally to the beach and picked up his nets again to start fishing. Well, thankfully, Peter's story doesn't end there. Thankfully, Jesus, once he's risen back from the dead and beaten hell and death for you and me, comes following Peter back to the shore and says, I'm better. I'm better than these nets. I know they're what you're used to. I know you think you failed too much. I know you think this is the life that's calling you back, but I'm better than those nets. Has anybody gone back to them? 
And today you just need to drop them so you can take a next step toward Jesus. You might say, but Doug, this seems difficult. Like you said, Peter was comfortable with those nets. It's what he knew. It's going to be hard to drop my nets. It's going to cost me something to drop my nets. How am I going to do it? I'll tell you how you're going to do it. God's going to empower you to do it. Can you guys read this with me? Jesus said, follow me, not go do this alone. And some of us have been trying to go do this alone. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to get free of the addiction. I'm going to get free of the pornography. I'm going to get free of this habit and this anger and this unforgiveness. And, And we're trying, we're trying, we're trying. And the problem is we're trying. And we're not allowing Jesus to work through us. You see, it's when we take that next step. He goes, yeah, okay, now, now you're a little further. Look, you're a little further from the nets than you were before. Okay, I'm going to take another next step. Great, look, look where those nets are, man. There are a few steps behind you now. And as you stay close to Jesus, watch him empower you to continue to walk away from those nets. But Doug, it might cost me something, man. It might cost me a relationship. It might cost me a friendship. It might cost me a comfort level that I'm just used to. Here's what I would say. I think it costs us more to stay with our nets than to leave them behind because of who Jesus is, because of what he offers. I don't know about you, I haven't found anybody else that can forgive sins. I haven't found anybody else that can give peace and joy. I haven't found anybody else who can transform a life like Jesus. I'm so grateful that there was a day he called me and you know what, there's been many days in my life where he said, drop that net. Doug, don't go back to it. Leave it. I'm better. Goes on, Matthew 4, 21. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And so James and John have now not only left their nets, they've left their father. They've, they've walked away from a relationship. Not that they'd never see him again necessarily, but, but they were used to being out on the water with their dad. And they said, you know what? We see something in Jesus we can't find anywhere else. So let's take this next step toward Jesus. And if we can just pause for a minute and think about all these guys would have missed out on if they hadn't followed Jesus. Think about that. What would they have missed if they hadn't walked toward Jesus and and, and looked at Jesus in the eye that day and said, yes, I will follow. They would have missed out on countless miracles. They would have missed out on seeing Jesus put on a cross, bear the sins of the world, and then rise back from the dead. Are you kidding me? And I just wonder what we sometimes miss out on because we don't follow, because we don't take that next step. And so my heart today is just to inspire and encourage you and I as we just think about our lives and we think about what God's calling us to, to say, okay, Jesus, I see in you what I see nowhere else. I will follow. I will drop the nets. I'll stop running back to the nets. I will see that you are better than all of them. And so Jesus changes the followers, his followers' lives, transforms their lives. Like these guys are unrecognizable from who they used to be. But it didn't just stop with them. Look at the last verse we're going to read today, Matthew 4, 19. And he says this, And I will send you out to fish for people. So he looks these four fishermen in the eyes, James, John, Andrew, and Simon Peter, and he says, okay, guys, you're used to catching fish out on the water, but I'm going to change your life and then send you out to change others' lives. And that's why next steps are so important. Not only does God want to change you and me, but he wants you to change those in your world. You see, you are not in your office by accident. 
You are not in your school by accident. You're not in your neighborhood by accident. You're not in your family by accident. You are placed there by God to reach people. You go, Doug, you're a pastor. That's your job. But I'm not in your neighborhood. I don't work in your office. I don't go to your school. You're there to be that bright, shining light in the midst of it all. And so, man, think about the potential of what God could do through your life as you take next steps. And so what I want you guys to take away with you guys today is just this simple thought. Jesus invites each of us to take a next step toward him. Whether you are here in church for the very first time, he wants you to take a next step toward him. Whether you're Pastor Ravone, who's in his 70s, who's followed Jesus many, many decades of his life and introduced many others to Jesus, he wants you to take a next step. Now you might be here saying, okay, Doug, I... I'm interested in this. I just, I don't know how. Like, like, what does it look like to take a next step? Well, here's the exciting thing. We want to be a church, like so badly, we want to be a church that helps people know how to take next steps. Nick, come back up, my man. He's coming back up, everybody. Let's give him a round of applause. Here he is. All right. All right, Nick. So we got step one here, okay? There it is. All right. Now, if I put step two over here and said, make this jump, what's going to happen? I mean, you're a tall guy, but you ain't got it, right? Okay. You can try. I don't think you should. I don't think you should. Your wife's going to get very angry if you get hurt. Yeah, yeah. He broke his back playing softball. He's a man, people. This is incredible, all right? But that's not going to happen, right? But if instead I say, Nick, here's what I want you to do, okay? I want you to end up on that piece of construction paper, but what I want you to do is I want you to take these steps. I want you to know that all along the way, we're going to help you understand exactly how to get there. So obviously, go for it, man. Take your next steps. <laughs> Candyland, yeah, down the slide. Look at this. So now Nick has the ability to walk. Yeah, let's hear it for him. All right, everybody. Good job, Nick. Thank you so much, man. You're the man. You're the man. <laughs> backwards, no. Let's not try that one. No steps backwards, Jay. Come on. See, that's from the fisherman. See? All right. So here's the deal. We, we understand that sometimes you go to church and it's like, great, I put my trust in Jesus, and then the next step is all the way over here. And you're like, I don't know how to do that. It's like, I put my trust in Jesus, and I got Pastor Ravone, and what, how do I? And so here's what we want to do, is we want to make sure that we're always helping people know what next steps to take. So let's talk about some of them. For some of you, you are right here. You are in yellow, and suddenly you're like, all right, I'd love to take a step here. I put my trust in Jesus, but now what? For some of you guys, it's just to begin to pray every day. And that might sound scary. It is not. It's talking to God. It's being honest about the things you're going through. It's talking to him about your hurts and your regrets, and the things you're thankful for. It's very simple to just begin to talk to God and have a conversation with him all throughout your day. And it's great to have like a time where you spend some time with God and you say, okay, I'm going to get up, you know, a little earlier, and I'm going to just talk to God. Or along with that, you know, any moment throughout your day, you could talk to God. I talk to, to God probably hundreds of times a day, literally. And not because I'm a good person. I just need it. I need to be talking with God. I need to be bringing him the stuff that I'm going through my family's going through, and that you guys are going through. And so just begin that conversation with God. Maybe the next step for some of you is to begin to read the Bible every day. Great, Doug. I've tried that. It's so confusing. I don't get it. Well, in our app, we have a Bible built right into it. And in that app, we also have Bible reading plans. And we have two books of the Bible up right now, Mark and Ephesians. And we've broken them up into like 20, 25 verse sections that you can just spend some time reading through. And the goal is not to just fly through it and be done. Take your time, sit. Like I said today, imagine yourself there. If you're reading about Jesus interacting with the disciples, 
I don't want you to just be like, okay, information on a page. Like, think about it. I want you to picture Jesus. What, what's, on his, what's his face look like as he's talking with Peter? I, I, I kind of think he's probably in his first, first interactions when he says, hey, Peter, you know, let's put the boat out. I think he's got a little smirk on his face, you know? Like a little smile, like, man, I can't wait to do what I'm about to do, you know? Like, like see... This, is, this, is, this happened. This, this is real, okay? And so it's not some fairy tale story. It's, no, this, this, these were people, and their lives were transformed and impacted. And so, you know, in the app, it will help you walk through Scripture. Um, Joe's working on some devotionals that are going to be in the app as well. There's a few of them there now. Um, if you don't like our reading plans, there are other ones that you can read. If you're looking for more like three or four chapters a day, that's in there as well. Uh, there's all kinds of places we could, we could point you to help you be in God's Word every day. Um, Sundays, maybe that's the next step for you. Okay, I prayed, you know, I'm starting to talk to God a little bit, reading my Bible a little bit, but making Sunday a priority and saying, you know what, it's in this place that I'm with a bunch of people who are going in the same direction in life I am. A bunch of imperfect people who don't have it all worked out yet, but we're all going toward Jesus, aren't we? We're all taking next steps toward him. And I realize sometimes it's impossible because you're a doctor or a nurse or a policeman or a firefighter and you have to work. Okay, but you know what, within my power, Sundays I'm here because here I'm going to worship God. Here, I'm going to hear the word of God. Here, I can receive prayer and friendship from people who love Jesus just like I do. Maybe the next one for you is getting connected to a volunteer team. And I don't say this because we need help on our volunteer teams. Our volunteer teams are actually doing really well. I say this because I see what happens in people's lives when they get connected and start using their gifts. When they start to serve. When they start to, you know, care for others and, and become a greeter or become a parker or become, you know, a nursery worker or a 22-6 kid staff or a production team or get on a stage or pray for people. or Man, I just see people come alive. And, and my, my heart is, I just say, the more the merrier, you know. Like it's not about, oh, we have the position filled. I'm not, I don't care about that. What I care is that we're all using the gifts that God has given us. And that's so powerful. I've told you before, man, my dream, my prayer is that 100% of our attenders, 100% of our regular attenders would be using their gifts and talents to bless others. And so maybe that's the next step for you. And if I could also say, along with that, that so often the relationships that we see come out of volunteer teams are really powerful. Larry Osborne said this. He said, people sign up for the teams, but stay for the relationships. And so often you'll become a Parker or a greeter or, you know, on the production team or the band and you're doing your thing and, and suddenly... Like you walk in one day and your spirits are a little bit down and it's like, hey, you all right? Oh, man, I'm this, going through this and that. Next thing you know, they're, they're praying for you. And the next thing you know, the next time you see them, oh, how'd that turn out? And man, relationships start to form and people begin to get connected. So maybe that's the next step for some of you. Maybe another one is joining community group. You know, we got this two-week window right now where you can jump in on that and get involved. The community group is a group that meets in people's homes every other week, and we just talk about Jesus. We talk about God. We laugh a lot. We eat a lot. We have a great time. And so it's just incredible to be able to get with people and just do life with them. So, so powerful. Maybe for some of you guys, another step would be counseling. You need some counseling. Nothing wrong with that. Just somebody to talk to that loves Jesus. And we have several gifted counselors in our church, but we also have some that we refer people to outside the church, some people that really love God. And maybe you just, the best thing you could do, a next step for you is just sit with somebody and say, man, here's my woundedness and here's my brokenness. How can God help me put the pieces back together again? Maybe the next step for you, some of you guys, is one-on-one discipleship. And we're really excited about this. It's something that we're launching this year in kind of a strategic way. And we're trying to just get our legs under us and do it really, really well. So just be patient with us. But we're really excited about people having the opportunity to say, you know, you know what, for the next six to eight weeks, 
I would love to meet with somebody one-on-one just to talk about what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to take a next step, what it means to pray, what it means to read the Bible, what if I have questions about the Bible, what if I don't you know, really know what to think about what God says about this social issue, and how do I come to terms with that? And, and so, man, just somebody that can walk with you for, for six, uh, six weeks or a couple of months to just kind of help you grow in your relationship with God. Along with that, another thing God's put on our heart is mentorship. That we would begin to see some older Christians mentor some younger ones. Some people who've been around for a while, so who have, have some experience in God and know a lot about the Bible and, and maybe can just encourage you. You know, I, w- I would benefit from that. I mean, if I was, you know, thank God I have a guy like Pastor Ravone or I have my dad or I have some older guys in my life that I can just call and just say, hey, help. Like, I'm in trouble here. I, my heart's hurting right now. Or like, have you ever experienced this? And so we're also trying to launch that mentoring uh, system as well, which we're really excited about. Maybe the next step for some of you guys is, is dropping your nets. Just some nets. You got to drop. There's some things you just got to let go of today. And you've just been holding on to them too long. And for some reason, you believe that they're better than Jesus. And Jesus is just saying, no, drop those things. I am better. Maybe the last step I'll kind of hit here today is, is sharing your faith. Maybe some of you guys, it's that next step, man. Like you've been doing well, you've been growing, you know. Maybe God brought somebody into your life and kind of discipled you or mentored you. And you're already on a volunteer team, community group, but, but you're still kind of afraid of, of sharing your faith, of inviting people to church, of telling people what God's done in your life. And maybe that's that next step for you. And I I would just encourage you so much to take that step. Again, you're in your office, your school, your neighborhood for a purpose. It's to fish for men, fish for people, fish for women, fish for kids, right? It's to begin to change their lives just as Jesus has impacted yours as well. And you know, in two weeks, we're doing our environment again called Starting Point, where we meet right outside this room. And if you have questions about your faith, you have questions about the Bible or reading or praying, then, man, come join us for that. We'll have sign-ups on the app for that in the next week. But these are all ways that we as a church are just trying to say, okay, we don't expect you to jump from yellow to orange. You know what I mean? We, we expect you to take steps along the way. And that's the beauty of this is that every single one of us can take a next step. Some of you guys, again, you're right where you need to be. You're taking those next steps, and you're going to be the disciplers, and you're going to be the mentors, and you're going to be those that are on leading the volunteer teams and leading the community groups. And man, just so exciting to see how God can use this all together. And here's what I want to tell you. Man, the world's getting dark around us. You know, we're living in times where some crazy things are happening. But here is what I see. I see God's church, not just this church, the church, shining brighter than ever before. And I see God doing things on Long Island I never even dreamed I would see. And I'm so excited about what he wants to do. But the way God will use us most powerfully is if we're each taking that next step. I'm going to keep on walking. I'm going to keep on going. I'm not going to get distracted looking up at the poster on the wall. I'm not going to be hiding in the, you know, the, the rack of fur coats. No, I'm going to get that evil out of my heart. And I'm going to stop being distracted or complacent. And instead, I'm going to pursue Jesus. Now let's remember... If you're not a follower of Jesus here today, these fishermen were some unclean guys. And Jesus stepped right into their world. And he wants to do the same for you. So if you want to put your trust in him today, I'm going to give you a chance to do that in just a minute. But I hope that you're inspired today and I hope you're encouraged. God wants to continue to change your life. And then he wants to use you to change others. And so Jesus invites each of us to take a next step toward him. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful that you have invited us. You have 
stepped first into our world, into our boat, and now invited us to be a part of what you are doing. God, we so thank you for that. If you're a follower of Jesus, will you pray about your next step? What is it for you? What does it look like for you? Is it something practical like, you know, I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start reading the Bible. Or I'm going to start trying to make Sundays a priority. Be, be in, God's, in God's house. Be here in the church. Or, or maybe a volunteer team or a community group or, or starting point. Or maybe praying about discipleship or mentorship. Or maybe it's those nets. Or maybe it's sharing your faith. Just pray about it. And if you're not a follower of Jesus here today, you want to put your trust in him. Man, nothing would excite us more to see you do that today. And so if you want to begin that conversation, then I would encourage you to just pray something like this, just quietly. Jesus, thank you so much for dying for me. Thank you so much for taking the weight of sin that should have fallen on me. Thank you so much for your forgiveness. God, show me what it is to follow you. Show me what it is to know you. Jesus, just help me to know how to take those next steps. I thank you, Jesus, that you look at me in my unclean state. You give me that same invitation you gave Peter. Follow me. Now, before we open our eyes and, and stand to sing together, I would just love to celebrate and pray for anybody who maybe put their, their trust in Jesus for the first time. And there's no pressure to do this. This, this, is, this. this next step does not save you. This is just a way for us to pray for you and celebrate what God's done. And so you don't have to do this because God sees your heart and he knows if you just put your trust in him. But I'd love for you to just look me in the eyes if there's anybody in this room that's done that for the very first time today. Anybody do that here this morning? Would you just look up at me real quick? We had several in the first service that today was the day for them. It's just so, so encouraging and exciting. Anybody just want to look up now? God, we thank you so much for those that you've changed today. We're so excited to see you continue this work. In your name we pray.